This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. And thank you for being with us on the Vedic Wisdom. As you know, this program, the Vedic Wisdom, is a series of programs that help explain the responsibility of the living entities in the human form of life to help you understand spiritual life and your responsibility in how to return to your original consciousness, God consciousness, where you realize you are an eternal servant of God and you live your life as a servant doing beneficial works under the divine plan. We've covered before on our program how the tool for this age to purify the consciousness of the living entity is a sound vibration that everything in the universe is in vibration and all of these different vibrations cause a influence upon the living entity just like the body causes a controlling influence upon the living entity and what you hear what you see who you associate with they're all influencing you but they're all influencing you into the bodily conception misconception of life where you value what isn't important and you don't value what is important but everyone's basically driven by their hearts feelings and their mental conceptions of things and so they go along to get along and they end up doing what everyone else is doing and that is neglecting your spiritual life and duty so the Vedic literature is the divine scripture that has been with this manifestation as long as it has been manifest when the earth the universe all the planetary systems all the living entities all of the ingredients for creation came together so did the Vedic knowledge it was imparted to the first living entity Brahma and it's been spread by Lord Brahma and the disciplic succession it's called where it's always under the protection of a self-realized soul so that there are purified understanding of reality is available to everyone all the time if you look so the Vedic literature is very old and very important and in the Vedic literature it describes all of the incarnations of the Lord all of the activities all of the expansions all of the pastimes and all of the uh, saints and sages who realized the Lord completely according to their capacity and the will of the Lord and were empowered to delineate the information to you and I and everybody else without adulteration similarly the Lord is well aware of the degradation of this age we're supposed to as advancing civilization see that the son is greater than the father and that's not happening the son is less than the father so society is no longer advancing. So we're coming into a situation, we are in a situation, where it's an emergency. If the living entities are going to revive their original spiritual consciousness and return to the perspective of being a servant of God and doing their duty in relationship to the divine plan and will of the Lord, there needs to be some method to purify them out of their misconceptions back into a proper spiritual perspective urgently 
We need something that takes effect immediately, that can be used at any time, place, and circumstance, that is highly effective. Just like if you're sick, you want a good, powerful medicine. Get this off of me. Get me out of this disease quickly. I don't want to be sick for six weeks. I want to be sick for six hours. This, I want this over with. This is horrible. So I want a powerful medicine. Similarly, the living entities in the delusion of this age, thinking themselves, the body, concerned with enjoyment as the goal of life, critical, abusive, disgusting to one another, uh, denying the existence of God, avoiding the responsibilities, avoiding any responsibility, I should say. This shows that we're in an emergency situation. So the Lord specifically incarnated as Sri Krishna Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. In his form as Sri Chaitanya, he brought forward and practiced and demonstrated and spread the solution. That method that is powerful enough to fix the problem of all the living entities regardless of how contaminated they are. And that solution is a sound vibration. It is a proper, high, spiritual, transcendental, descending force for the purification of all of us. And he inaugurated this chanting of this sound vibration to enter the ear, to engage the tongue, and the breathing, and the hearing, all simultaneously to coordinate the bodily functions and purify the living entity to see things in proper perspective. So this method is called the Maha Mantra. It is a combination of words, names of the Lord. And it's such that it's called the chanting of the holy name. Now, there is a book in the Vedic literature called the Sri Namarita, which means the nectar of the holy name. And in this book, it talks about this age, and it says that chanting of the Maha Mantra is the primary religious practice for this age. It doesn't matter what your religion is. If you know this Maha Mantra and you chant it, it will purify you and you will see and understand any religious concepts better. You'll see yourself better. Now, this was personally introduced by the incarnation of the Lord, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. To see to it that it got delivered purely, correctly, completely, and inaugurated and protected along with the Vedic literature. That this holy name is a form of the Supreme Lord's energies in sound vibration. And when you link to this vibration, that is yoga. Yoga means to link. And if we meditate and we vibrate and we focus on this mantra, it purifies the consciousness of the living entity. Now, it counteracts the effects of this age. As I said a moment ago, the age we are deteriorating, not advancing. So it will counteract that. Now, the situation is if you're in darkness, you're not in the light. And if you're in the light, you're not in the darkness. You can't be in both places. Similarly, if you are not in material consciousness, you can't be earning material credits or discredits. 
if you're in the spiritual energy, you're accumulating spiritual credits. So by chanting this mantra, you are in the spiritual platform. You rise to the spiritual plane. And you're not on the material plane. Oh, you're still sitting here. Your body is still there. But your consciousness has moved. Instantly, immediately, imperceptibly. And this means that it can be chanted by everyone. And the benefits are there to any species of life that hears it. We in the human form, we can chant it and hear it. And the lower species, they can hear it. And in both cases, the effect of the mantra is the same. It purifies the consciousness of the hearer. Now, this spiritual sound vibration is ever fresh. It is not like a material object, not like a material thing, that it deteriorates. Even if you set water in a glass, it goes stale. Everything in this material world deteriorates. But the Maha Mantra is not from the material world. It does not deteriorate. It is ever fresh. So it is a prayer. All simultaneously, it's a prayer for deliverance. It's a prayer for protection. And it's a prayer for engagement in the service of the Lord. We've covered, you know, we are eternal servants of God in temporary material bodies. And if we chant the mantra, we revive that service mentality. Please engage me in your service. And please protect me from falling into the misconception of material life. And please deliver me from the cycle of birth and death. That's all being asked in the Maha Mantra. Now this mantra is the essence and the conclusion of all of the Vedic rituals. In every sense, the Vedic scriptures, the Vedic rituals, the Vedic hymns, the Vedic mantras, all of them propagate that the chanting of the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra is the supreme vibration and the supreme path for liberation. So the effects of the Maha Mantra is that it revives one's dormant God consciousness. It brings you out of self-consciousness and revives your God consciousness, your Krishna consciousness. It frees one from the reactions of sinful life. We all do things wrong and don't know it. There's all sorts of sins we commit and don't realize it. Walking the street, you can kill so many ants. Driving the car, you splatter so many moths and bugs and bees, beetles. You're killing. You have no right to kill. But it happens in our life. It's just part of the ingredients of our experience. So we need purification from that. That is available in simply chanting the Maha Mantra. It protects you from being falsely proud and puffed up. It gives you patience and forbearance because you see things in proper perspective. You know you're not that important or more important than any other living entity. So it brings you faith. Faith in your relationship with the Supreme Lord. Faith in the Supreme Lord. Faith in the spiritual master. Faith in doing the right thing. Faith in the mantra itself. 
The holy name liberates one from the miseries of material existence. There is anxiety in this material world. There is anxiety upon everyone. Doesn't matter age, doesn't matter species, doesn't matter money, doesn't matter education. There are anxieties that come unwanted because there's no one who's perfectly pure and innocent. We've been cycling through birth and death, birth and death, birth and death for a very long time. And we've made mistakes along the way. And we need purification from those mistakes. We need liberation from the miseries of material existence, birth, death, old age, and disease. Old age is miserable. Disease is miserable. Death is miserable. And you can be relieved of them all by this vibration. Now, it allows you to remember your relationship with Krishna, the Supreme Lord. It allows you to revive your eternal relationship, to recognize you are a servant and engage in devotional service. Get back to what you do in the spiritual world. Give up this selfishness of the material world. Return, revive your understanding. I'm a servant and my happiness is when I serve. I'm not this arrogant, selfish, everybody should serve me. That's illusion. To revive our service attitude, we immediately connect, link with the Supreme Lord. The Lord, it says, the Lord is dancing on the tongue of he who chants the Maha Mantra. Because it brings a state of ecstasy. As you chant and hear and chant and hear and chant and hear the material sufferings, the material influences, the material energies and distractions fade. And the pure purity of the chanting grows. And you feel it annihilating all the misconceptions, annihilating all the sinful reactions, annihilating all of the miseries and anxieties that surround everybody's life. And this gives you uh, potency. It gives you ecstasy. It evokes a state of ecstasy where you are so happy, it is so good, it is so fulfilling to hear and vibrate the Maha Mantra and know that it liberates you from the miseries, it liberates you from the cycle of birth and death, you can return home back to Godhead, the spiritual world, outside of the material tabernacle, outside of the universal tabernacle. Now, even improper chanting yields a benefit. It says there's three stages of chanting, the imperfect, and then the mixed, and then the perfect. And it doesn't matter which level. In any of the levels, it still returns a beneficial result. Gradually, you rise up and up and up and up. Out of the illusion, out of the anxiety, out of the misconceptions, out of the fear and struggle for existence. This is the power that's in the Maha Mantra. It makes you satisfied in whatever condition of life. Because the external condition of life is just that. It's external. It's secondary. It's unimportant. The real importance is the revival of the eternal relationship between you and the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Krishna. You revive your Krishna consciousness. You become a servant of God consciously again. 
the status of life you're in becomes insignificant. It's not very important whether you have a new rug or an old rug. Whether you have a new car or an old car. If you can get from A to B so you can do service at another place, that's all you need. So the one devoted to Krishna by hearing and chanting the holy name, he is not concerned about what condition of life he's in. Because he's so happy in the recitation of the holy name, the association with the Lord through the holy name. So this protects one from all different kinds of dangers and fear. Because all dangers and fear are external. They're here in the material world. The material world can affect the body. It can kill the body. But it cannot kill you, the conscious living entity. The dangers and the problems are all about the survival of the body or the comfort of the body. But you are not the body. You are the conscious living entity. And therefore, if you are fixed up in the hearing and the chanting and understanding what your position actually is as a servant of God, what condition you're externally in is not that important and fear and anxiety go away. You gradually accept the benefits of the holy name. You start on an imperfect platform. You move to where sometimes it's very good and focused and pure. And other times it's very distracted and sloppy. And gradually, gradually, it gets better and purer and stronger. And you're very happy. Ecstasy ensues in your heart and in your mind. You become enlightened. And you become totally satisfied with the chanting of the holy name in any condition of life. So it's prescribed in the Vedic literature that one should chant the holy name of the Lord constantly. You go on doing your life, but the mantra's running in your head, running in the background, running in your heart. It's continually going over purifying you, uplifting you. It's giving you a, a taste that you're relishing, such that why stop? I love it. It's good. It's meant to be good. It was designed to be good so you would adopt it. It's designed to be universally applicable so everyone can adopt it. It's designed to be potent so that everyone, regardless of their level of contamination, can be freed from those misconceptions and problems. As you learn more and taste more and feel more of the potency of the Maha Mantra, you will want to share it. You will want others to get a chance to taste this magnificent experience. So it's natural that one wants to effectively describe it and preach to others how to use the mantra. To bring together people to chant it together and increase the potency. The holy name has its own energy. The more people that chant it, the more the potency can grow. Thousands and thousands of people join together chanting the Maha Mantra sets up a vibration that covers the planet. The whole planet begins to vibrate. It is that powerful. It's happened many, many times. There's some amazing descriptions of the vibratory output of the holy name in congregation with large numbers of people. So the importance of chanting the holy name is hard to describe 
it's much easier to experience. So if you take to the chanting of the Holy Name, all the great souls and great saints and sages throughout the history, thousands of years, have all chanted the Holy Name of the Lord. And all of them have derived the ultimate benefits of going back home, back to Godhead, of tasting the ecstasy of love of God, of reviving their eternal service consciousness, spreading the holy name such that others get the benefit of it. All misfortune disappears. The most misfortunate thing is having no attachment to chanting. If you overcome this suspicion that the holy name is going to do something negative to you and simply try it and taste it for yourself, you'll see that's not negative, that is wonderful. And then you chant the holy name and you share the holy name and your misfortune goes away. So chanting the holy name continues even in the liberated state. Because when you're free from all the anxieties of the material world and you realize you got all that freedom from the holy name and the holy name is bringing you an ecstatic ecstasy, a happiness, a peacefulness, a clarity, why stop? And it's said in the Vedic literature that the highest level of ecstatic love and realization can be awarded directly to you through the Lord's potency he's invested in the holy name, the Maha Mantra. So it doesn't matter if you're new to the holy name. It doesn't matter if you're in a household life, you're in student life, you're in old man life. It doesn't matter what stage of life. It stimulates you to revive your consciousness that you are an eternal servant of the Lord. And you become a servant of the holy name. Let me repeat this. Let me spread you. Let others hear this. You can say it to a bug. You can say it in the room you think is empty and someone else, some spider, some bug, some ant will hear. You realize you become empowered to spread the holy name and purify others that hear it. A little bit, yes. He says in the Bhagavad Gita that if one hears the holy name once, he will get a chance to hear it again. If he hears it twice, he gets to hear it again twice plus one. See, three times. It's naturally expanding and growing and evolving. So if you chant and some bug hears the holy name, in his next life, he'll hear it again. But twice. And he'll grow. He'll purify. And this is the whole idea. Spiritual potency is not lost at the time of death. Material potency, material memory, material possessions, everything is vanquished at the time of death of the body. But since the spiritual energy is directly influencing you, the eternal spirit soul, it does not leave you when the body falls. It goes with you. It is purification of the spirit. The living being, conscious being, is not the body we're talking about. This is a spiritual impact upon the spiritual personality. So the Lord brought this mantra out of his compassion for the living entities who are in this emergency situation of this age that is full of distraction and deception, hypocrisy, cheating, lying. And he brought the holy name to the planet so that everyone can reap the benefit of the holy name. So our spiritual master has instructed all of his disciples to go into the streets and chant and sing this mantra so everyone starts hearing it. 
this life or the next life or in ten lives, he will be purified. But he has to be given the start. So become a servant of the holy name. Spread it by chanting it. Let others hear it. Explain the importance of it. Let it grow in the humanity. Let it grow in the vibration of the planet. It can reverse much of the negative actions. As I said, it counteracts the negative effects of this age. People want world peace. This chanting will bring world peace. Because the negative effects in the consciousness of the men who want war will be countered. In the beginning, many people go, oh, I don't like it. It isn't nice. I don't want to hear it. Go away. They're afraid. They're ignorant. But when they hear it and hear it, it's still purifying them. They can say it angrily, but it still purifies them. And gradually, gradually, they become purified in their understanding of the importance of chanting the Maha Mantra. Everyone can do it. Everyone should know it. Everyone should share it. The mantra is Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. If you take this mantra and chant the mantra anytime you wish, anywhere you're at, any tune you can create, anything you can think of, to bring that mantra out loudly, sure. Softly to yourself, fine. Together with a thousand people, magnificent. But it's all to bring about a revolution in the consciousness of humanity, to bring us back to spiritual consciousness, to revive our original understanding of who we really are. We are eternal servants of God, and this mantra purifies us from this contamination of the age where we forget that. That's the secret of the Maha Mantra. For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.